Before we get started, we wanted to thank Matchstick Golf for being our first title sponsor. Matchstick is a custom designer of ball markers based in Portland, Oregon, that was born out of its founder getting sick and tired of trying to find cool ball markers that weren't huge, heavy poker chips that didn't cost $300 on eBay. Matchstick's markers include the one-eyed alligator from Happy Gilmore, a stack of cash that will have you putting for dough. Right now, Matchstick is offering 15% off your first order at matchstickgolf.com with the code MUNICIPALS. So head on over to matchstickgolf.com, enter municipals at checkout, tell them Big C in Ashton sent you. How hard did you push it? Till I black out? Yes. Numerous times, yes. Okay, Big C, it's all you. What's happening, municipals? This is the Las Vegas trip episode. I'm so excited to talk about this. We've got the ongoing guest, one of our favorites, Chris motherfucking hussy on. We've got our boy, Jack, the producer. And as always, my co-host, Mr. Ashton himself. How you guys doing, boys? Good. (laughs) great bit of a pause there you know very enthusiastic you know i I I guess i usually pick one person out but yeah yeah i was gonna say man you guys all talk at once i mean as the guest i didn't i didn't want to i didn't want to you know overstay my welcome if you will yeah. Doing good, man. Doing good. You're all. You're all. You're always welcome, hussy. Good oh, man. You. This was. This was a fun, really fun trip. I think it was something needed for all of us. We were, you know, me being in Portland, it's hard to get together with you guys and see you in person. I get to, you know, text, and we've got our running group chat called the G Unit going between us four, and you know. We try to stay connected as much as possible, but not being able to see you guys in person sucks. So having these annual trips are some of my favorite things that we get to do. And, you know, with the cookout coming out, uh, coming up, we've got another really great one coming. So really excited for that. And then I'm hoping to get down there to go to the Battle of NorCal SoCal to join the NorCal team to play at La Parismo with you guys so if I can make that happen I'm hoping to I I did find some flights some fairly cheap flights so hopefully we'll make that work but this podcast isn't about that we're talking about our Las Vegas trip it was an absolute blast we did have one little snafu I think we'll get into prior to doing our course reviews um last day we tried to cram in If anybody played Tiger Woods 2001, you've seen this course, you have played this course. It is called Wolf Creek. So it's actually in Mesquite, Nevada, a little bit up north. This was a funny, funny event. So we were all kind of a little worried. Well, I personally was a little worried about making it all the way out to Mesquite and then back for our for our flight. So. We first were a little worried about that. 
we we kind of knew if we were teeing off early enough we were going to be able to make it but i don't think any of us which doesn't make fucking sense because there's a frost delay every single day we were there um none of us put two and two together uh that there might be a frost delay so our happy asses got in the car drove out to mesquite didn't think anything of it for our morning tea time we were the first ones off for the for the round or for the day we get there our frost delay None of us got to got to play one of the courses I think we were most excited to play within Wolf Creek, but it ended up being even better. We got to go out and play a really fun addition to what our other Pete Dye extravaganza of Vegas golf courses that we got to play. So we got to go out and play um, Desert Pines, which was a great course, but before we get into that let's let's go back um and let's talk about the first course that we we got to play on this trip first course we got to play on this trip i'm gonna pass it over to ashton and let him uh get into the first track we got to we got to get into the next day we arrived yes sir um yeah it it was so long overdue to to see you guys and i think the only thing we got a really bad break on is uh winter hit the weekend that we decided to go uh the weather had been great and all of a sudden we started looking at the the weather and i mean it was really fucking cold um so our first course was uh royal links which uh i had a little bit of trepidation about i think y'all probably felt similarly uh it's a replica course uh you pull into the parking lot and there is a 10 foot tall guys uh yeah um of the british open trophy with names and, and, and everything and you know it's 26 degrees outside it's 6 30 we've all slept you know three or four hours and we pull in and it's like what the fuck have we done um the other thing that was very jarring is we walked inside and it looked like people had started ripping things off the walls which we thought was going to be a tough scene from uh you know like what is this place like i don't know and then we get into the pro shop pretty picked over it just kind of felt like a morgue um and as it turns out royal links the week after we were there uh, was being bulldozed for houses. So um, that was a very weird way of kind of to starting off because to kind of, you know, to, to kick off the conversation here, um, Royal Lynx was by far to me the, the biggest surprise of the trip. Um, we'll talk about rankings later, but for me, it was my second favorite course we played. And then coming from the Bay Area where the greens can be a bit um, iffy sometimes to say the least, uh, it just kind of broke my heart to not only the course, but the greens were really good. And to see, you know, those really good greens going to get bulldozed for stupid fucking houses. Um, really, really tough. So certainly didn't play link style. Um, you know, the holes from a design standpoint, certainly, but being cold and, you know, the grass being dead, um, did not play link style, but, uh, I thoroughly enjoyed Royal links. Um, I mean, did you guys, did you guys match my sentiment? Like I expected to be like, wow, that was fucking stupid good to get out there but like i don't know why we did that and i walked off there just thinking that place was a joy yeah i, th- I thought it was going to be very kitschy like 
you know, they're going to try super hard to like bring all these different holes to life. I mean, I think parts of it were, were, you know, kind of where they were talking about, um, you know, like the different signs on a course sometimes I found were, were pretty kitschy. Um, there was a phone booth on one of the holes that I thought was like, all right, like super gimmicky, but overall, like the golf itself and how they put and how they put the routings together was, you know, a, quite a good surprise in my opinion. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to have to agree with Jack. I mean, it, I, I, well, I guess agree with all of you I mean, going in, it was kind of like not quite sure what to expect. You know, we've heard of horror stories of some of these types of golf courses where they're just mimicking other courses and holes and they just, you know, they charge a ton of money and the conditions are horrible, but they can charge a lot because, you know, you get to play the road hole and you get to play, you know, the post postage stamp hole. Um, I personally don't know much about, you know, a lot of, you know, British open courses. Um, but I think this was 18 holes from 11 different courses in the Rota. And I don't know individual holes per se. I mean, I definitely know the road hole and I know of the postage stamp, but I don't know where, you know, half of the other courses are what those what those holes were and you know we're first off so we didn't have much time to read every single placard on the course and be like oh this is you know the eighth hole from carnusti or something like that um we just kind of had to get going as the first one's off after a frost delay and and uh you know whenever the marshals tell you to play fast you kind of have to play fast um and set the pace so uh I think I had a great time out there. I think we all enjoyed it and uh, seeing real pop bunkers. And uh, I don't think any of us really got too trapped uh, in any of them. But, um, you know, oh, big C. Okay. I found a lot of bunkers at Royal Links. I found at least the bunker hole. Oh, you got your money's worth then. Yeah, I found I found a lot of bunkers. a bunker a hole. I found a that's, lot of bunkers a lot. there. Yeah, I mean, I feel I like a I, lot of bunkers. I remember you in some of the like greenside bunkers, but I wouldn't say all of them. Not many in the fairway. You're correct. Most of mine were greenside bunkers. I was missing a lot of a lot of greens left and right at row wings. <laughs> but Big C, do you agree with the general? Before we kind of dive into our usual way of talking about courses, um, do you kind of agree with our sentiment? No, absolutely. I, I think it was really cool that every hole gave you a little bit of it. It, Like you said, there were certain parts that were a little kitschy. Um, they were these storybooks that were open with kind of information in like etched into these stone like storybook, like carved markers at every tee box. Um, and it gave you information of why this whole is intriguing why it's famous you know certain things there what golf course it came from i tried to read some of them um while we were waiting you know, or while we were setting up and you guys were teeing off but that was a little kitschy but other than that it was cool because it you they did a great job of blending it all together as a routing and not make it feel like it was just all of these random holes stamped out in the fucking desert and saying, well, these are famous holes through Royal links. And you're like, it, it all flowed together. 
it felt like somebody could have designed the course like that, not as a template course. And I, and I think I really appreciated that. And for a course that was closing in a week, I mean, the fucking conditions were better than fucking 70% of the courses in my area. I mean, it, it was crazy good. I mean, so good. And with a little bit of frost delay, I mean, the I think the big thing for us, the first six holes, every green was frozen. Like frozen solid. You could it didn't matter how much spin you're putting on the ball, they were not sticking on those greens. And that was a that was a bit of a rough scene for us when we only had three or four hours of sleep and no warm up. And that's a and that's a theme we'll we'll talk about in a, in a later podcast too at, at Paiute. I mean, yeah, like landing a wedge on the front of the green and having it run off the back is is, is pretty jarring. But but yeah, and I think the thing about Royal Links, or you know, this is true of any course, but you know, it's great when you play. You know, you go to Pasa Tiempo and you have your mind blown. Awesome. Expectations are high and it delivers. Um, it's really fun to go to a course where you expect nothing and get what we got, right? Like it was just really, really fun. And so to dive into our usual stuff, uh, Ray, y'all can help me with this. I think it's about a hundred bucks usually. Um, but we were the, like, we got, we got a good deal because we we're the first group off again. Ray doesn't matter because well, y'all can't go fucking play this. We course, got a good we deal. We did get a good deal. Cause I did my, I did my normal digging through all of the different, um, different booking websites. And I went through golf now and that's how I got our deal, which I think was just it's about like 48, 48 bucks. I think, yeah. Right? Yeah. 48 bucks, just under $50 for, uh, for each of us, which was killer with a cart with a cart yep so really yeah. really good deal and I, again i think because it was getting colder and and things like that and we were first off i think that also helped with us getting a little bit better rate yeah because i think I, was, I remember being like is there any way we could play a little bit later and i think y'all were like no it has to be the first group off so I think, but again, for, for 48 bucks, like I, I would have paid twice as much for that place. Sincerely. I would so, have paid the full hundred for that, for that place. It was, yeah. it would have definitely been worth it. And I wouldn't have felt like I got taken. No, especially too. I mean, cause the things you could knock it on are like the clubhouse is a bit disheveled, but the clubhouse is about to get knocked down. So, you know, the bar and grill was still in great shape. And that's the next thing that that we would talk about would be amenities and yeah, amenities are great. I, the amenities in the bar and grill were definitely you know still running, still operating, and still pumping pumping stuff out. The clubhouse and the pro shop was was that's definitely awesome. grim. It was it was rough. They I think we picked up like five dollar ball markers each. Thank you, Ashton, for was it Ashton or Hussey that picked it was up? Hussey picked up. Thank you very much for those, Hussey. Um, and I think Ashton, you were the one that we picked up I, Wolf I Creek the, ones. Yeah. So well, I felt so good because because I mean at Wolf Creek, like we were we were pretty sure they were going to charge us the full freight, whether we played or not. And we walked in there, and the guy was like, "It's all good. Stuff happens." Hey, Rams Hill would. It's only twenty bucks. Rate. They did charge us full freight. So I'm saying. You know, some some people could well, learn this time, some things. Well, this time you didn't eat fucking peach rings, so that's, that's, the, true. that's the big. Anyways, back to back to Royal Link. Good, 
gonna, we're not getting into my teeth and, and peach fucking rings again. Anyways, back to Royal Links here. Uh, <laughs> um, amenities and back to wise, amenities. Back to yeah. amenities. There we go. Um, we, you know, we could not have left that place without having a pint of Guinness, and yep. you know. I, it would have been a tough scene if we walked into that pub and been like, hi, can we get four Guinnesses? And they say, sorry, we don't have any Guinness. It's royal fucking links. You better have Guinness. Mind you, it wasn't on tap, but it was fine. Um, that was, And they definitely... were $8, which is a bit of a tough scene. Yeah, but yeah. It's, it's, okay. It's, it's okay. You know, they're closing down and, you know, we're one of the last people to, to really enjoy it for the first time. And we... And we paid, we did not, we, you know, they, they should have charged us $200 collectively more than they did to play golf. So we can pay for it, for a Guinness, but yeah, but amenities. Okay. So amenities rate, we got that. Um, we'll t- pace was good because we were first off. Can't really make too many comments about Can't that. I mean, it just under four, four hours. Yeah. Although I will say this is not meant to bring up, you know, something we don't have to discuss here, but I have realized that even though the municipalities are proponents of fast play, we are not fast players. Like we're not slow, but like some people with the first group off play in three hours. We don't do that. No, I'm just making a comment. We, I would just, say we definitely play faster than the average round that they, that they tell us. So if like a force tells yeah. us four and a half, four twenty, Jack, are you raising your hand? Wait, 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 sorry, but Chris, Jack, would you like to say anything about slow play? Go ahead, Jack. What do you? What, what would you like? To <laughs> no, just keep going, Big C. No, 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 nope, nope, Jack. Jack, it's your floor. If you're gonna raise your hand, I want to. I want to hear what you have to say. I I think like this is what like my fourth golf trip with you, Ashton and Big Chris, right? I think it's okay. we got to give ourselves a little bit of room because we're, you know, like we're playing these courses for the first time. Like being first off in the new course that you're you've never played before and you're trying to play in three and a half hours, like you're not gonna have a good round. So there's gotta be like it's, I'm not saying like we we play slow, but like I feel like let's give ourselves a little bit of room there and like you know put ourselves in the situation that we're in. Versus like if I'm first off at Kalipe or Moffitt, I'm gonna play Kalipe or Moffitt in three and a half hours, like. That that's a little bit different because we've been to these courses many times. So. Yeah, and, and we're also playing real golf. That's, I mean, the people who play, you know, a foursome yeah, in three true. hours. I mean, they're giving themselves six footers. You know, they're, yeah, they're, you know, yeah. they're just yeah. It's, it, it's they, they're they're not really playing golf. We're we're betting. We're having a good time. We're playing some games. Like it's a three footer is important. Now, if it's a footer, just take it. It's yeah, fine. And like, collectively but, we miss a lot. Not big C, but collectively we miss a lot yeah. of three footers, so we have to put them out. <laughs> yes, definitely. <laughs> Speaking of uh, Ashton, yeah. Ashton joined the putting mirror gang today. Yeah, I heard a putting mirror. I, I, I've missed too many three footers. So, um, so yeah, so that's pace. Um, can I, can I yeah, add one other thing um, on the pace thing? Yeah, of course you can. Um, I I think I counted like three different marshals on the course. Oh, good call. Like, yeah, so, they, did, they did a good job. Yeah, like, especially for a course that's closing. I mean, like, I'm sure those guys are just trying to enjoy their time. Like, we had the one guy who was like, check out this coffin bunker. Like, go hit some balls Friend- out of it. We're like, <laughs> like we're Dude, first off. Friendliest, 
friendliest old old guy marshals i've ever come across in my life and they just yeah. wanted to point out all their favorite things throughout the course they just wanted to make sure you had the that's best the big time thing. yeah and the, i think that's what i appreciated that- no, I, I think my favorite thing was it wasn't just that they're trying to run a tight ship. It was so clear that that gentleman loved that golf course. Oh, yeah. And that's so fun, right? Like it wasn't just out there. Like he wasn't being militant. Granted, we were not playing slow. There was a, no issues, but he was just kind of, you know, keeping an eye and just, again, trying to show us different stuff because he loved that place. And I think that's also why it felt so devastating that it's closing, right? There's clearly a lot of people who care about Royal Links. And it just is a bummer because also it's so tough out there when, you know, you're out there in the middle of Vegas and we're playing this golf course and like, there's so much other desert area to build houses. Why does it have to be here? You know? So yes, great call. They definitely, because we probably saw that guy. We saw him after five. Um, He also kept, kept helping us. Like, you know, he's like, do you know how to get to six? We're like, just follow the sign. He's like, okay, don't go left. It's like, you know, you go to the fork and it's like number 10 is like to the left. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, man, thank you. But like, just follow the signs, Dude, it's, you know? So the story of Royal links is such a Vegas fucking thing too. So when we went out to, um, to Wolf Creek, the, the guy that was actually at the counter asked us where we played. And I told him all the courses that we've played at to that point. And he was like, oh, man, it's devastating. Royal Lynx is closing. That guy has done some shady ass bullshit real estate moves through Vegas for like the last 25 years. And I was like, well, what do you mean by that? He goes, well, where Royal Lynx is built, the land when it was built wasn't really worth anything. So the city of Vegas gave him the land for pretty much peanuts, like nothing. And the guy built this golf course out there. And now that the land is is worth something because Vegas has expanded so much, he's basically not caring about the community or the the people that love the golf course. And he just like in, instantly sold it, didn't even allow anyone else to, like a chance to keep the golf course around and just sold it to build houses on it. And it's just like such a such a shame and such a las vegas shady fucking like situation yeah and you can see like the town that would steal the raiders from the from the, from <laughs> oakland well that's on oakland yeah and, and last point to that part to, for me like you can see i don't know if y'all saw it on the outskirts like the first part three that we played when you're standing off to go to the next tee box you can see where they were digging the uh the sewers already like they had the construction shit laid oh, out yeah. yeah like all all around the course when you know you look at it like they already had it ready which was pretty crazy to me it was crazy yeah no but jack thank you for bringing up the marshal that guy was that guy was great they were, again, they were so friendly and they love that place. Yeah. It's clear. Um, as far as layout, I mean, the only thing I will make a comment on is like, it's a bunch of template holes. So that's the big comment there. The only thing that, um, you know, it, you did feel is like a lot of the courses we played is once you got out of kind of the, for lack of a better term, driving corridors, 
you were going to be losing balls. Like there's certain holes, like, you know, I'm sure like Muirfield or, you know, some of these places, you probably have a lot more room where here it's like, you know, there's trees and there's shit. You can't knock them for that. But I think from a layout perspective, really for most of these courses, you need to be hitting it on the plan or else you're going to be kind of going into your pocket a lot. But again, the layout was 18 template holes. And on top of that, I think one thing I think I came across knowing the type of golf of what you get in debt in the desert desert golf is not my favorite style of golf i think i've learned that yeah. on this trip and very penal. some of the courses that we've played in in southern california as well kind of have the same same feel to them um like terra lago and it's just I'm I'm not a fan of a course that's got, you know, basically fairways with very small amounts of of rough on the side, if any rough, and then straight into rock desert sand like areas, wasteland. And you got courses like Rustic Canyon that have that, but they also have enough areas for bailouts or anything like that that allows you to have the room. If you're not having the best day where yeah, rustic is so wide. Yeah. And so you don't really ever deal with the, the surroundings of the area or the, the more, you know, natural landscape where if you're missing a fairway anywhere on any of the courses that we're going to be talking about, it's just your fucking shit out of luck. And we created our own rule as a group that you could take a lateral drop if you end up in the wasteland because none of us wanted to wreck our clubs because it's literally just rocks. Yeah. And like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to put a giant gouge in my six iron by hitting it out of the rock. Yeah. So that's the only thing I'll mention about uh, layout, but, but guys, well, what no, you got to do. Sorry. You got to mention oh. that the, the architect of, of Royal Lakes, which we, I well, think you just take found us there, out. Jesse. We didn't realize that till an hour ago. So. Yeah. And I don't think, yeah, none of us did. I, I was looking it up. I, I saw an article that said Royal Lakes had closed down and it said designed by die designs. And I was yep. like, what the hell? And I, I looked it up. Sure enough on, on Pete Dye's, you know, design firm, they, they designed this golf course, um, you know, back in the day. So kind of crazy how Pete Dye, I guess it's not actually Pete. It was his son Perry. Yeah, I, I don't know. I we we played two uh, two Perry designs. Yeah, but you know, designing a a kind of uh, template template hole course. Um, yeah, it's pretty good. Damn good job. They did yeah, a great job. Agreed. I, th- I think we should call Perry P. 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 Yeah, P. like Patrick Reed P. So P. Die. So favorite holes. Let's yeah, go there. Favorite holes. Uh, Jack, I want you to start. What was your favorite hole out at Royal Links, my guy? Um, I would say I think it was after the road hole. It was a short par four. Um, number number eleven. Yeah, it had to be yeah. eleven. Yeah. Right? Yeah. C- coming back. Yep. Yeah. So going back towards the road, kind of towards to the right of or left of the road hole, but. Um, I don't know where that hole came from. I wasn't paying attention to where the template was taken from. Um, nor it do I have- is the Royal Royal Cynic <laughs> Ports. I have no clue, man. 
What is that? I have no Royal clue what that ports? is. Yeah. Whole six at Royal Sink Ports. Where, where, did, where are you guys seeing that? Sorry. So on, on the, the scorecard, card. it oh, actually will tell you each each uh, course. <laughs> Sorry, I don't have the scorecard. In front. Tough scene by by uh, producer <sighs> Jack not being prepared. Yeah. Sorry. Um, anyway. Uh, it was a take-home test. How did you get an F? <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I liked it because just because it was like, it was kind of a blind tee shot. You didn't know where to go. Like the right side was, you know, like it had some trees, which I don't know if that's how it's like in the in the real Royal Sink Ports or whatever. At Royal Sink Ports? Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> quiet down, class. Um, I liked it. Um, you know, like mainly really interesting green right yeah like very very kind of undulating green compound. yeah exactly and like you it, ashton you and i hit two different type of shots and basically ended up in the same spot i hit a draw two iron over that right side of it you you hit up you hit a really great cut and i think yours probably a cut driver yeah like you hit you hit it probably onto the green or like just over it and then that undulation probably. just like put it back down so it was it was yeah. pretty interesting mm-hmm. uh I, I like that that was a good also. hole um yeah i mean there was a giant kind of dune slash mound yeah blocking your view of the greens so yeah like you weren't exactly sure where your ball landed up and you yeah. think it's good and you don't know if it's actually good or not and uh yeah i agreed I, I was over in the shit on the right yeah, I, I like those kinds of holes, but also specifically on that hole, I was still laughing about number ten. So um, <laughs> we'll leave it at that for for number ten. Uh, what about you? Well, I think Chris mentioned. Oh, I think I think Chris mentioned it on the last pod, so I think people are going. Oh. <laughs> people already know already know that I hit a snap hook off of the uh, the sign. I, yeah, I hinted. Which, uh, I hinted. There's a video coming, so I guess we can we can tell a little bit more backstory on that. Well, what we're going to do is we're going to release the video the day the po- this pod drops, so people yeah. will have seen it by the time they. So you guys will you guys will have seen the the video of fucking Ashton, and all credit to Jack. Jack set up yeah, the this camera for this hole. Just so happens we got probably the funniest fucking video we've ever gotten, ever. Where Ashton, Plus he's still laughing. Ashton fucking dead. <laughs> pulls a fucking shot straight into the sign on the road hole and throws sounds his like club a- almost almost as far as his fucking ball goes and we get a fucking wonderful shot tracer of both of them it's just it's fantastic video is coming soon it is a it, i can't wait for you guys all to see it before this pod releases because it the, it the is one clarifying one thing, is thing i didn't this is, you know, me sounding like I'm defending myself. I didn't throw, like, it wasn't a throw like I was angry. It was like a, you know, just, I sort of let it go out of my head. It was a, it was a Hideki style, uh, let go of the club. Yeah. It, it wasn't a hall oh, Billy, you know, like, <laughs> no, like, I mean, it, was it, kind it, of, it wasn't any of that. It was kind of like Ashton just hit like the game winning home run and he just bat flipped. Yeah. It. Yeah. yeah. It, it was just tumbling out you know, kind of towards the pitcher's mound. I mean, it, I, it was it, yeah. definitely perfect. I like to call it a uh, gentleman's club release. So, you know, there you go. That, that's what it was. I, in I do really, <laughs> I do really like the drop driver on the bad swing. I do that a lot. 
it just feels right. Yeah. I don't know. But yeah, that, that 10th hole, the road hole, I mean, instead of the hotel, they have a giant sign for, you know, scoreboard for, for Royal links. And, uh, yeah, Ashton, um, definitely made a big dent in that, that scoreboard. Not my favorite. Well, let's put it this way. I'll, I'll take the, I'll then go next. Not my favorite hole that, that we played, but we couldn't find the um, ball. Unfortunately. No, that was a sad thing. Yeah. I, <laughs> part of it thinks I'm like a hundred <laughs> or it went like a hundred yards. I mean, it, it yeah. hit it so hard. So um, now that we know your least favorite hole on the course, what is your favorite hole on the course? Uh, what a segue professional podcaster. Um, number eight, the postage stamp, which is a uh, hole eight at Royal Troon. Um, yeah, I mean, short hole, uh, looks like from the back tees, it plays 153. We were playing one up 137 because the cold, I think we all clubbed up. I think Hussey hit a nine iron to like eight feet. It was a great shot, but truly, um, again, this is where the marshal was kind of watching us. The bunker on the left was almost head high. Like if you had got in there and he said they actually had added sand because it used to be above, like if, if you were standing in there, it was higher than a person, which is crazy. That's on the left. And then on the right, you have the perfectly square, um, coffin bunker and, you know, like every other hole, you know, it's like, okay, like theoretically this, you know, I can see what they're going for. You know, the road hole is obvious, but that was a hole where you got up there. And like before I, you know, again, I kind of forgot we're playing a replica course. We walk up there and I go, it's a poster stamp hole. Like I've never really seen that on TV, but I was like, it was very clear. The green was small, really commanding a really good shot. Um, so again, probably the most vanilla answer, but I really got a trip out of that one. And like, again, seeing a coffin bunker in real, in real life is a trip. I've never seen that before. And that's the kind of reason I loved playing there. Cause like, it gave me some feelings, you know, it got my juices going, uh, and pretty glad I didn't hit it in there. So yeah. Uh, postage stamp for me. What about you, Big C? Uh, my favorite was 18. So St. Andrews, uh, number 14, um, what I loved, what I love about that, and it's a hole that I remember from my childhood, watching Tiger play St. Andrews. Um, on 14, there's a pot bunker that sits just in front of the green, and it basically, it's kind of like a tiger's mouth green, where the green kind of wraps around this pot bunker that sits right, right in the front. And it's always one of my my favorite, most intriguing uh, holes. Every time that they bring the open back to St. Andrews, it's one of my favorite holes to watch the pros play. It's just always entertaining the green rolls off left and left and right and and has a false front on it it's super super enjoyable so that was cool to be able to experience that even as a template but to be able to experience that as a whole that i've always dreamed of playing getting out to st andrews and play so that was easily my favorite hole of the entire course big c is that like I'm not trying to like, like, like get after the semantics, but is that what it's called? The tiger mouth green? I've never, I've just never heard that. So like there's with different the, names of, of the style of green. Um, Andy from, how do you say that? I'm like, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So Andy from, um, the fried egg always refers to those, those, uh, style of greens where there's a bunker in the middle and the green kind of does a boomerang mm-hmm. around it. 
a lot of people refer to as a tiger's mouth green. It's cool. Yeah. I just didn't know if you said that because it reminded you of tiger, but that makes total mm. sense. It's just, but it's cool. I mean, now that you say that, it definitely evokes the image that so I, I like it. Yeah. So that, that definitely was my favorite. What about you, Hussey? Uh, dude, big C, I am simpatico with you. The whole, the whole 18 was, was my favorite. Um, I think it, it's called the hell bunker hole. Um, yep. and you know, what I really liked about it was so many eat that the very friendly, uh, uh, Marshall kept telling us, be careful of the greens in the middle of the, uh, be careful of the bunkers in the middle of the fairway. Apparently many, many people, it's Vegas have driven their golf carts into these pop bunkers in the middle of the fairway, or else they wouldn't have these signs that say bunker, bunker, bunker. Like there are signs in the middle of the fairway telling you there's a bunker. So many out. fairway bunkers. Yeah. And, and they just, they, they come out of nowhere. And if you're driving and you're drunk, which it's Vegas, um, you, you will drive into them. So that was, that was kind of like the cool, uh, feature of, of that hole. And, you know, I, I enjoyed it because uh, I hit a the luckiest flop shot of my life and uh, tapped in. It was, tapped re- in birdie. it was real nice. And uh, it was yeah, real good. it was very lucky. It was very lucky. Everyone um, scoffed. I, for, was, I forgot lucky. you got in the mouth. I wasn't. No, he did. I was just. Oh, you were it. just behind it, so you had to yeah. flop over over. The I had to flop to over the. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that was tough. That was it. But it's yeah, a I think great that hole was, though. Yeah, that was my that was my favorite hole. But uh wanna uh just uh say Jack also had a great shot on the postage stamp hole. He put it to probably about eight feet two. And yes. I think we both birdied that birdie, hole, right, Jack? Right? Yeah. Did did you I, I see you not yeah. I thought Jack did. Did did you make yours on No, we, yeah, both we both birdied. Yeah. yeah. Hell yeah. I think me and Big C both made par. I think that was, yeah. that was maybe the best. We all we played really well. I mean, yeah, hopefully we one. did because it was only 150 yards out. You would think, wing. right? Okay, Big C. <laughs> <laughs> you would think. Just a you, chip you, and a you putt. Never know. <laughs> all right. Um, yeah, I think. Beautiful. I think but yeah, I mean, this is. It was Sorry, definitely ahead, uh, Royal Lynx is definitely that was a bittersweet round of golf, you know, <laughs> fantastic yeah. and just kind of sad. I mean, I think we we all have mementos from from the round, both physically as a ball marker, but also, you know, kind of our memory of of just a great round. And then also the video that um, that Jack was able to capture. So good on you, Jack. Well, I thank you. Sorry. Thank you. <laughs> oh, man. Well, then after that round, we drove over to a course about 20 minutes away, uh, went and played a course called Legacy. So I think this might be the most forgettable golf course that all of us played. I think that's something that we've all discussed it it wasn't anything spectacular there wasn't anything that kind of caught our eye it was one of those things that we wanted to get back to back 36 whole days in and it was a, it was a mistake deal. yeah i i think if we could do it all over again and again we 
we definitely learn from every single trip that we do. And one thing I think all of us agreed on is less is more. And that was our big motto that we learned from this from this uh, trip was you don't need if you're gone for three days, you don't need to throw fucking five rounds in in three days. It's just a lot, especially with the amount of travel and how late we arrived the day before our first day of golf. I think we all could have used to sleep in till nine or ten o'clock and and played a noon round and called it. It, it would have been it would have been a perfect day and we would have all really enjoyed it much, much more. But getting into legacy. So we went we went out there. We'll start out amenities since the first thing we did when we got out there was grab some food. So amenities were OK. I mean, actually, pro shop amenities were great. Jack probably uh experienced oh, God, his the most because senior jack gets to fucking royal links beltless pants falling down not not a good scene yeah i was, so, I was saggy pants boy the whole fucking time because i forgot my belt on another pair of pants uh, and then to be to be to fair i it was a black pair of punch black pair of punch black pair of pants and i forgot to grab my belt from that that pair so just had a little confusion and sorry, tagging sorry, jack, jack wait so is that, was that a, what pair of pants was that? It was a black pair of pants. That, I don't play slow. I just don't wear a belt. You know? <laughs> Shut up, man. So <laughs> um, I, I can jump into the amenities real quick. Pro Shop, I will say, super helpful people. Um, and the, the plus was they had this spin the wheel thing that they were doing. And, um, you know, Vegas, baby, Vegas, it's it's true Vegas style. Uh, if you bought anything over like $25, which I ended up spending is something like 30 bucks on a belt and a sleeve of balls. And, you know, the, the person at the pro shop was like, Hey, like you, you know, you got 25 bucks you spend the wheel whatever so i was like yes go ahead spin the wheel because we're about to go tee off spins the wheel big money big money big, big money, money big money big money big money she gets me 50 percent off on my shit so i'm not i'm i'm really not mad about that and they were super helpful got me everything i needed and set me up for the rest of the round so uh shout out to the pro shop there for their uh spin the wheel thing and, and while jack is spinning the wheel all three of us are sitting in the car ready to like carts ready to go our tea time no up Hussey, and let's, jack let's, is still nowhere to be found let's backtrack this we all walk in at the same time jack goes straight to the pro shop we go to the restaurant to get the food we go no through, we even go to the bathroom we, we go to, to the pee. bathroom then we go to the restaurant to get our, all the food that we pre-ordered yeah we the jack pre-ordered. Go through the whole. Okay, the jack pre-ordered, but yeah, then but didn't they pick it up because he was too busy fucking spinning the fucking wheel. Thank you, Jack. Don't worry, guys. I got. Don't worry, guys. This. And he's like, I, I big can't... money, big money, big money. <laughs> Vegas, baby, Vegas. <laughs> so I'm just gonna we stay get in it. the pro shop all day. We get I'm our... gonna keep spinning the fucking wheel. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that voice is. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> Jack, I yeah, I don't like Jack. My that, that, wait, real quick, all his money. That, in that's one the trip. voice. 
That's the voice of the guy who bought Royal Links and flipped it. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. exactly. You gonna it. give me? You gonna give me this land for free? It's gonna be great when I sell it in ten years for four times its worth. There are a whole lot of trailers around here, but it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Business is booming. <laughs> Well, I, I'm going to come in and shit on this. I, I, the chicken fingers were awful. Oh my <laughs> God, the say. hot sauce was terrible. Like, I'm, I'm, it's I mean, so bad. I took a bite and I was like, I think this chicken finger is cooked. So they were basically... I hope this chicken finger is cooked. They were basically just your standard frozen chicken fingers that they tossed in fucking <laughs> wing Nuclear sauce. sauce. <laughs> and Ashton orders mild. Jack orders hot. hot. <laughs> Ashton's like mouth is fucking on fire in his cart. Jack is eats like one strip and he's like, I'm pretty good on these. And then so I'm like, you know, me being hot dog boy, I go ahead, pound a pretty decent hot dog. I, I give it a solid six out of six out of ten. It wasn't it wasn't great. It wasn't bad. But then I try one of Jack's fucking hot fucking strips. This shit had my hands and my mouth burning for three fucking holes. What golf course sells shit like this? Knowing someone is going to take this out on the golf course to go play, to then have them miserable for multiple holes because this shit is hot as fuck. Vegas, baby. God damn. The legacy. <laughs> I feel like that's a pretty good summary of the amenities. Shout out to the yes. spinny wheel people, but damn, y'all gotta fix your food there, legacy. Yeah, and the golf course but, wasn't much better than the amenities. Well, I, I, I think it's the worst course we played. But the only thing is, I really uh, so it's an Arthur Hills design, which didn't mean anything to me until the week before when I saw the knowing up guys play one of his courses in Michigan. I think to your point, Big C, I, I think the big thing was I, I believe if conditioning was better, I think we would have enjoyed it more. Like the greens were in some tough shape, but we'll talk about favorite holes. Like there's a hole in particular that like I think it's one of the best holes we played. So I don't know. I, I wish conditions were better, but I don't think. I don't know. I, I didn't dislike it as much as you might have. But again, we all have our opinions. But I thought there were some really good holes because again, the thing with Arthur Hill, Arthur Hill Hills, is he uses hills. It's a lot of undulation change, and there were some pretty interesting holes. I thought. So also some really hard holes. The hardest hole in the course was like a bear. It was like 445 yards and required, I think it had driver six iron. And, you know, it was, there's, it was a real too. challenge. Yeah, it was a real challenge. So I know I'm, I'm just saying, like, I don't think it was bad. I just think the conditions, I think the greens, there was like a lot of mud. I think right? for me, it was comparable to what our other options were that we played out there. It, it w didn't hold a candle to any of the other courses we played. That's and and again, I think it was definitely more condition wise than it was design wise. I thought that again, you're a hundred percent correct on that. Design was actually pretty good, but it was just very rough around the edges. And for what they were charging for the rate, which I think we got another really good rate for this for this round, um, because we shopped around and found a good deal for it, but. If we were going to play full rate, which I think was 
$90, there's no fucking way. I would have been super pissed off and not stoked at all for $90 to play that place. Yeah. And I think the ba- the way that I would describe it, everything is it just felt a bit tired. Yeah, if that makes yep. sense. Like, the, like there was some fences because the one thing there was a, quite a few houses, but there's a you know some some fences between houses and like you know it had that kind of black tarp. There's kind of holes. It, it it just is a place that I feel like was thriving ten years ago and feels like it's on the back half. But it's hard because again, I think the design is good. But, you know, to your point, Chris, 90 bucks for tough conditions and, I mean, a lot of houses, it's a bit of a tough scene. And I think it's very much Vegas where they don't keep anything in Vegas, where things are built, they last for so many years, and then they just fall to the wayside and they demolish and rebuild Thanks. Something else pops up. Yeah, yeah, and it's just kind of the way Vegas as a whole does does things. And I kind of feel like Legacy was probably one of the premier courses in the 90s. And over the last 15 years, there's been a lot of other great properties built within the Vegas community. And this one's kind of been mm-hmm. left to to be kind of the the nugget or the yeah. the Sahara of the of the golf world in in Vegas where it's like or the or the cannery where we stayed in our hotel. <laughs> I I think the cannery was actually worse than this golf course if we're yeah. going to if we're going to go hotel comparisons no, it, like it, it for sure This was. was the circus circus of <laughs> of the there Vegas golf that's course. A, that's a that's a good comp. Yeah, where it's it's fun for the whole family, but it might not necessarily be the the best in amenities and and condition. Yeah, so that's fair. But uh, favorite holes. Um, let's start off with Hussey. Favorite hole out at if you can remember favorite hole out. There. Yeah. So my favorite hole was you know I think there were, it was slightly downhill. Hole five, downhill par five. There was a crazy, oh, you crazy, bastard. crazy set of cluster of bunkers. Totally agree. Um, and uh, it's it's just I don't know. Like it's it's clear subdivision golf. You know they they brought in an up and coming architect Arthur Hills probably in the nineties or whatever to build a course, but it was mainly to sell homes. And so every drive you have to hit, it has to be pretty straight. And I think this whole five was a whole, you just had to hit your drive straight. It's, it's shortest because, because it's downhill. Um, and I, you know, I hit a five iron to 10 feet on my second shot for Eagle and I made birdie. So like, I enjoyed that hole. I think it, it isn't like the most memorable hole, but it's, I think a good example of what that course is not, memorable fine interesting homes everywhere a few bunkers nice greens in theory conditioning needs to be better and that's about it i mean that was i guess my favorite hole okay yeah i mean that that's kind of the same way i feel like i think number eight was my favorite hole so number eight was uh number eight was a par four um 425 yards um 
it had water right along the the green on the right hand side uh pin was positioned front left that day so really really fun hole because i mean you were able to have kind of a forgiving fairway that allowed you to kind of kind of nuke it out there and give yourself a pretty decent laying into the into the green and um pretty inviting green other than the the massive lake on that hole on the right hand side but where again where the pin was placed that day it was really inviting allowed you to kind of miss on the left if you if you were to miss anywhere um but they could really mess with people if they were to tuck the pin back right um or center or front of the green on the right hand side where it would be right up against the water and i thought that was a pretty cool and fun design anytime that there's water approaching on a par four kind of kind of gets me it's it's one of my favorite designs i i love a creek right in front of a green or a or a little bit of a a pond or lake just off to one side of the green that eliminates it and forces you to hit it in certain positions and and really try to score so i think i really like number eight that was that was one of my favorites what about you ash uh, I was with Hussey on five, uh, but I'm going to pick something else for diversity sake. Uh, similar idea. I really liked number, uh, number four, uh, down, very downhill par four, again, very Arthur Hills. Um, the reason I liked it was basically the entire hole, including the green kind of canted from right to left. So I hit a really good drive there. I had a bad gap wedge in my hand. But the reason it's good golf architecture to me is, you know, you can't really predict where we're going to end up on the slope, um, similar to Kapalua, to be clear, not comparing the legacy to Kapalua. But I've got a gap wedge in my hand and the ball is beneath my feet. And then the green is also sloping right to left with a tier. And then they had the pin top right, meaning hitting it on the right tier with the ball below your feet is very challenging, right? So naturally it kind of just goes down to the left. Um, you know, you kind of get up there, but like to hit it on the right shelf there requires an excellent shot, even with a gap wedge in your hand. So I really like that hole. And again, very indicative of kind of Arthur Hill's design. So I think four and then going into five, those are two really great holes back to back. Then a really solid par three. Um, that's again, where I think if you sometimes think of the holes, less of the golf course and more of like three hole stretches, some pretty decent holes out there, especially if we were to go back in the summertime when hopefully conditions would be better. So I really liked five, but I think four is a really good hole too. No, you're, you're absolutely right there. What about you, Jack? Um, the, the one thing I'll highlight, the problem that I have with subdivision golf is like the holes tend to blend with each other, which was my big problem with, with legacy is that, you know, I'm trying to like, I can remember 17, maybe like, maybe it's because of the water on the left. I can remember some of the holes because of like the longer bunkers they have and the undulations like you guys are talking about. Like, I think they really did a good job of using, you know, those three specific elements to try and differentiate holes from each other. But I'm not going to lie, like par fours, par fives, like blend to me for this, you know, on this entire property, the one hole and, and like testament to that, I can't remember, but I really liked it downhill par four, pretty much a blind, blind tee shot. Cause you don't know where it's going to land. Like there was houses and 
like kind of like this waste tree area on the left hand side and there's a big ass mound in the middle of like middle of the fairway basically so you're you're either you know laying up short or just over the that mound or you're hitting driver to where the pin is and i think that day the pin was tucked on the left hand side of that hole um so yeah i i really can't tell you which hole it is i i know it was like in the back nine if i'm not mistaken i think um, it's number 11 jack 11 yeah because the green that you have bunkers on the right hand side forces you to hit left onto the green and it's kind of just just a little bit of a dog leg left downhill uh um, yeah into the green yeah so like i really like like I was saying, like they use the bunkers, they use that, the undulations, that combination of it made it a really interesting hole for me. I mean, I, I played it, I think I either bogeyed or double bogeyed it because I went too far left with my shot. Um, and then my second shot, I was basically, you know, I was basically boned. I couldn't get on the green from there and I had to chip back up to the green. Um, but I really like that idea of like, hey, like, this is the best, you know, like the best features that we have to, um, to make a good hole out of this, you know, this property and we'll use that. But yeah, like, like you guys were saying, it all blends together because of the houses, you know, and, and just how, like, how tight the piece of property was. And also hate golf courses that you have to drive, like, hundred yards to get to the next tee box from from uh from green to tee so uh tough scene for me there but I, I think one thing to add to what we're talking about as well i feel like you know because we had this second 36 on the first day of the trip really and you know most of us were were still feeling groggy from from flying in the night before i feel like there was it was a little bit lower energy going into legacy especially because of how cold it was in the morning so again just putting into perspective agree like in the summertime when it's you know when it's running firm and fast and not slow um like you're, you're saying earlier ashton i felt like the greens were kind of muddy at points too like i hit a shot and it was like it was a, a 60 yard pitch or something like that up into a green and it took out like like a three inch pitch mark off of the green so that was you know that kind of shows you how you know how poorly conditioned it was for a winter golf course or winter time for a golf course it, it just looked like the greens. I, there was like there's a lot of black mud. Like there wasn't a lot of grass. I will say they rolled. The greens were not great, but they rolled better than they looked yeah. like they were going to. Yeah, I, I think what I was talking about, like on the first hole, I was like, "This is going to be really bad." Yeah, I think I was saying to Big Chris, like the the mud that the clay, dirt, whatever we were pointing out is probably yeah. because of the lack of sand that they were able to put on the greens. Yeah. So that, mm -hmm. that was my big thing. I was like, fuck man, like this pitch shot just like took a chunk off the green and had to like pick up the, the like little piece of grass and put it back and try to fix it. So, yeah. Yeah. So to round out the stuff, we've talked about condition. We've talked about value. We've talked about amenities. We've talked about layout. Uh, pace was good on the front nine. What we can't really identify is we think people jumped. People were trying to play the back nine. So people kind of jumped in. And so the pace was slow on the back, but 
I don't know. Do you all have any kind of big overarching takeaways on pace? I mean, even with running into him, we were we were jamming through our round. Um, so we were re- we were kind of fighting uh, sunset. We really didn't have that much time. I mean, we had to finish in four hours to be able to get it in um, before it was going to be too dark. So we were definitely making a four hour pace, uh, maybe a little quicker than that. And then when we ran into those guys on what I think it was whole 12 or 13, I mean, 10 it was yeah. a whole 10. Yeah. yeah, we made the turn and it's like, wait, there's guys on the T where are they? Yeah, yeah th- and this is what I thought. So sorry to interrupt it, Chris. Because we, you know how you have to come back through that tunnel from 13. So like you go left after 10, you go to 11, 12, 13, loop back into 10 to go to 14. Those guys came from the tunnel from 13. So I don't know if they were just like, you know, being dicks or trying to get the most out of their money, but they played 10 again because they didn't come from the clubhouse side. They came from that tunnel area parked hit their shots and by the time that we got to from nine to ten like they, they were already on the green hitting their shots so i i think that was more just like you know dudes being dicks and you know trying to play an extra hole in the golf course yeah it was just a tough scene on the back nine it kind of i think with all of us just being dead ass tired too it was yeah and it got and also it got we'll real say, cold I mean, it was not I was going to say it was really cold in the morning, but then it got really cold in the evening. So going on three hours of sleep, hungry and cold, we were kind of ready for the day. And I don't think we finished 18, right? I think we played 17. We actually 16. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, we got to 17, tried to play it, and then basically all picked up. I hit hit two balls in the water and I was like, I'm fucking done. (laughs) Um. But yeah, so that's it for for this podcast. Uh, I would be remiss to say we had a, a very excellent uh, Mexican food. Um, oh, I don't remember the place. If you guys, God, I don't. The place, I don't remember it either. But it was. I had some shrimp fajitas. It was just perfectly on point. Really, really, really enjoyed it. Of all things, I think we we had some in absolute incredible food. For the cost, I mean, well, we we we, we got to save the next. We'll, we'll, we'll say, talk about the we'll next restaurant. Shout out the next one, but yeah. the Mexican restaurant that we ate at was just Google Mexican restaurant around the cannery if you're there, and you'll probably. And to be honest, there was like fifty Mexican restaurants that all looked really freaking good in Vegas. That was just the closest one to our hotel, and so that's the reason we went that route. But I. I think Vegas is definitely if you're if you're going to be in Vegas, go off strip, go to a local Mexican, you know, restaurant or, you know, any other style restaurant. You're going to get great fucking food for a lot less than you're going to get on the strip. And we definitely learned that 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 food was incredible and the service was great. Yeah, despite the fact that we ate, they were they they put us on like <laughs> these weird ass tables that were like slot machines, right? Yeah, they put us on video poker machines with like a dinner trays. Vegas, baby, <laughs> Vegas. Well, that's it for this one, guys. Part two coming up. Stay tuned. Cue the mu- cue the music, producer Jack. Peace. <laughs>